Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. My name is Jose Quintero, and before we start this week's episode, don't forget to hit that thumbs up, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at Echale Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Echale Podcast. My name is Jose Quintero. I'm very excited today because, as we all know, it's Memorial Day week, and talking to veterans is something that I don't get to do often, but I feel like their stories are great. They are filled with so much knowledge and so much life, but also at sometimes they they don't know how to redirect that that pain that sometimes may come out. So I'm very excited today to have Ralph Figueroa join us today. He grew up in La Puente, uh, half Mexicano, half Salvadoreño, U.S. Army veteran, graduated with honors from Cal Poly Pomona in 2022, currently a graduate student at Cal State San Bernardino in the Rehabilitation Counseling MA program with a 4.0 GPA, works with CSUSB student veterans, spouses, and dependents at the Veteran Success Center, president of the Student Veterans Organization, stand-up community comedian uh, who got the opportunity of a lifetime to perform all around the world with our service men and women with the GIs of comedy. Welcome, Ralph or Rafa. Should I call you Rafa? You could call me Rafa, bro. I mean, I'm good. I'm easy <laughs> like Sunday morning, bro. Yeah, so I'm like the Commodores. I say, come on, man. I'm excited. Talk to me a little bit because right now when I was reading your, your bio and I was like researching and whatnot, comedy and... Um, the army. Were you army, marines? I, I was in the army. Army, US army okay. all the way. Huh? So yeah, we say that a lot. Okay, I, don't know. I was it's, like, it's, we all sound that? very confused. Huh? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you southern yeah. all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> Should I know? <laughs> no. Okay, but how how does comedy fit into the world of army? So so uh, honestly, the first one of the first comedy shows I saw was when I was in the the military. So oh. um, I remember. So I, I joined at seventeen. So I was still in high school. They let me do this thing called the split option. Uh-huh. So between my junior and senior year of high school, I went to basic training. So I go out to uh, um, Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And this is outside of, you know, my travel experience up to that point was, you know, as, as a Latino, we always go to see my family, you know, my family in Mexico. Um, so this was the first real experience of flying a plane. I went to, to South Carolina and, and it was just, you know, I, I noticed even during basic training, you know, there's, there's always ways to decompress, right? Uh-huh. And so that's where laughter and positive energy, even during, especially it's a high stress situation, and um, my drill sergeant was was he he wasn't intending to be funny, but he was funny, you know, because he yeah. sounded like Bernie Mac, oh, right? Shit. So he's like, hey, get your punky, <laughs> and I'm like, whoa! And then like, I wanted to laugh, you know. So um, did that get you in trouble? Uh, it would. Oh. He actually made me the platoon guide, you oh. know, to to kind of punish me. But in the end, I kind of made it work, and and I graduated as the platoon guide, which is uh-huh. awesome. But um, you know, being able to do voices and stuff, and and so when I was in the military, I was in a field artillery unit. Uh-huh. So. Field artillery is just like, you know, we're, we're driving around in, in Paladin howitzers, big old tanks. And um, when you're out in the field, there's nothing to do. So we kind of found ways to entertain ourselves. Yeah. And part of it was, you know, getting on the on the radios. We have, you know, landline radios. And we would have like these, uh, one guy, uh, his name was Tattoo, his uh, Corporal Sierra. He was uh-huh. a little short vato. 
And um, he, he, every morning he'd do the Tarzan yell, ah, and, no and, at, and at nighttime, we always knew that. I was like, oh, time to, time to go for chow. And at nighttime, he, he would get on the radio and he, he would do this great Wolfman Jack. And for some of the younger viewers, you may not know who Wolfman Jack, but look him up. Uh, he was this, like me. <laughs> he, he's, he's, an, he's an old school, you know, uh, radio DJ. He, he talked like this. He's like, hey, everybody, this is Wolfman Jack. So, so, so Tattoo had this voice and he would, mm. he would be the, the host. And he'd get on the radio and, you know, little by little, a lot of us would start getting on there and, and you know, just asking random questions and whatnot. And I, that's the first time I was like, oh, this is fun. So when I got into, um, over the later years, I remember uh, I, I, I was at, I got uh, deployed over there um, during 2004, 2005, somewhere on there. Wow. And one of the events that they brought us to was, was a comedy show. So they actually brought some comedians that were stateside over to, which I thought was like, wow, that's cool. Like, I, you know, I was like, how do these guys get here? And so they, you know, they go on, they do, they do their, their thing. And a lot of the guys that were, that were in my section, in my unit, were just like, hey, Fig, like, man, you're just as funny as these guys. Yeah. And, and, and it kind of like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I'm just funny to you guys. I always thought I was just the, the, the funny, you know, idiot in, 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 the, in the unit. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm just the guy that just does stupid voices or making wind noises when, you know, when it's all quiet. I'm, I'm doing that. And the first sergeant's like, who's doing that? And I'm like, hey, I don't know. There must be some tumbleweeds back here. Oh. And then, so, so, so eventually, um, after I got out of the, the military, um, you know, I was in for 12 years. So, wow. so during that, that time period, I mean, there, there was times when I, I used stand-up and listening to um, like some of my, my first you know, comedians that I would really listen to that took me out of that funk. Because sometimes, you know, you get into situations where you, you know, we, we weren't necessarily happy to be there, yeah. but we did, we, you know, because of our service to our country and our, and our, and our pride and our loyalty to the country, we, we did what we had to do. And so to decompress, I would listen to uh, Jamie Foxx, mm. uh, Bernie Mac, uh, Dave Chappelle, George Lopez. George Lopez. Um, uh, uh, Pablo Francisco was another one of my favorites. Uh, Jeff Garcia, I used to listen to him. Yeah. Um, and, and Jeff Garcia is actually a comedian that grew up in my same neighborhood. So wow. uh, he grew up in La Puente. So uh, later on, I was just like, man, I always thought, man, I'd love to meet these guys one day. And, you know, so, so years after I got out in 2006, about four years later, uh, I was kind of going through this existential crisis yeah. of, you know, because I felt like there was this time where, and, and here's, here's something to understand about veterans. They, they're constantly going through transitional periods, right? Yeah. It's transition out of the military into civilian life. When they get deployed, they transition back into, and it, it's, it's, it's always like this hopscotch that we're playing. So you guys are playing hopscotch as veterans, but before we get further mm -hmm. into like the veteran world, I want to know what drives a Latino, because I feel like as Latinos um, going into the military, it's more and more common nowadays uh, versus like, you know, they're going in it because, oh, I want to join the military because that's a very... I guess it's an option before Latinos joining the military was more of an option to get legal status to, um, I don't know, economic opportunities. Absolutely. What was your situation and how does a Latino end up in the military? There was two things that drove me to, to join the military, to join the army specifically. One was I had a neighbor growing up, uh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Green, and he was the head of security at the school district where I worked at. And one day I saw him walk out of his house. He lived directly across the street. Yeah. And he was dressed in his, in his dress greens. And I, I, I just remember seeing him and I was like, wow. Like he just looks so sharp. His medals, his pins, and just the way he looked. And I, I looked at Mr. Green with just this awe of like, wow, you know. And, and the second thing 
which on the more personal level was um, I couldn't afford college back then. Mm. You know, uh, my socioeconomically, you know, my, my parents, not to say that we were poor, yeah. but we also weren't, you know, at, even at a middle class status yet. We, we were, you know, we struggled to, to get food on the table sometimes, but we always ate. Yeah. My parents worked uh, very hard and that was something I didn't want to put an extra burden on my dad and my mom. And I said, you know, physically I'm able to do this. So I chose to join the military because I wanted to go to college. Yeah. So that was one of my, the biggest factors. And being at 17, I couldn't, I couldn't just join the military no. off the bat because I'm not a legal adult. So my parents had, to, I tricked them into it. I actually. was going to say, how, how did your parents take it? So, so, um, like what was the initial conversations con tu mamá y tu papá? I'm sure like it was like all in Spanish or pues, something. Pues, pues lo que pasó, well, you know, first it was, I took the ASVAB and, and I scored a 97. So all the recruiters were, oh. they were hitting me up all the time. And, and mind you, I was a junior. I'm like, yeah, I still got time. And I, the only reason I took the ASVAB at first was like, well, you know, they're offering punch and cookies. So I figured this, and, and I got out of biology class, which I didn't like the, that dude. Um, so finally, you know, I talked to this, this recruiter and he's like, well, you know, we got the split option. You can do this and that. And I said, but, you know, I'm not 18. He says, well, you know, we can, we can sign a waiver, but your parents have to sign it. I said, well, okay, just show up at my house. I'm going to get him to sign it. He's just like, okay. You know, he thought I was just going to have this conversation. I didn't tell him anything. Yeah. So, he, you know, here comes this, this sergeant first class with all these medals and whatnot. And he comes in my, my front door, he knocks, and my dad lets him in. My dad's like, uh, hey, there's, there's an army guy here, you know, and he's like, can I help you? And he's like, yeah, I'm here, you know, talk to Ralph. And my dad says, okay, come on in. So he sit at the table and 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 my mom, she's looking at me. She's like, oye, ¿qué está pasando? ¿Qué, sí, ¿Por qué sí. está un... un and you know he wants to think, he's talking you know about college money and stuff okay so finally we get to the paperwork and i'm signing already no and, and then and then my mom she looks at my dad Oye, Rafa, ¿qué, qué vamos, qué estás firmando? he goes oh you know and, and my dad speaks very very good english and spanish oh okay so so he, he's he, so it's weird whenever i was i was with my parents because whoever i was looking at is how i spoke Got so my you. dad was always like, you know, you speak to me in English. He goes, one, one big thing that my dad always taught me is like, he's like, you know, you, you, have, you're, you have a brown skin, you have a, a Spanish surname. He says, but you're an American. Always remember that, mijo. Mm. You're always, so you, when you're here, you sound is, like them. Is he, are you second generation so, so, on your dad's part? So my, uh, I, was, I was the first one born here. They both came to this country. Wow, interesting. So, so my dad's from El Salvador. And so he, he always was, you know, son, you're, you're an American. And, and so he, 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 he put that in my mindset of like, you know, sound like you're American. It took me years later to really understand what that meant when I went on a tour with the, with the GIs of comedy and I went yeah. and somebody heard my voice and they looked at me, you're an American. And I was like, I sure am. You yeah. know, so, so he, was, he was so happy about that. He knew what that meant joining the military. So my dad signed it right away. He's like, you know, son, you do. He's like, I know what you're, you're going to do. He always encouraged me to be independent. My mom, mm. no, yo que voy a firmar nada. Said, no, no, tú te quedas. Yo no quiero a la guerra. Y quien va? And, and at the time, there was, we had just gone uh, past, this was in 1994. So, uh -huh. so the, the, the Gulf War had already happened, 91 yeah. or something. So you joined in? Uh, so I joined in 94. Wow. In 1994. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 46 years old, bro. Uh -huh. so, um, so she, she, she was really hesitant. And I looked at her and I said, ama. I go, yo, yo quiero hacer esto porque yo quiero ir al colegio. Mm. Es lo que yo quiero. And she looked at me. She goes, man, she goes, mijo, I'm not going to stop you. Of course. Yo no te voy a parar. And she, she signed it. And, and it, was, it was hard for her. I know, I know as, as a, especially for the Latinos, you know, our, our, our relationship to our parents is so close. 
like my parents weren't just my parents. They were my friends. They were my mentors. They were my, my, my teachers. They were everything yeah. to me. And so it was, it was awesome when I went to basic training. I, I remember leaving that first day for four o'clock in the morning for MEPS. And, and my mom was just tear-eyed. I'm, I'm getting tear-eyed yeah, just course. thinking about it. And, and I just remember, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I go, you got to trust me. She's like, okay, trust me. I trust you. So I get on the plane, I take off, do, do whatever. And, um, and I'll never forget, man, the, the, the graduation ceremony. And, and I'm at the front, I'm the platoon guide. Mm-hmm. And I could see them. And there's just huge the, smiles. The smiles. And that right there, and for my dad, I knew it was that pride of, he goes, now you're really an American, mijo. You're American, son. And my mom, she was so proud of me. And so it, it was hard, but she, she, she knew what, what the goal was. Yeah. And she never encouraged me to not be who I wanted to be. In hindsight, because right now you were talking about your dad really focusing on the fact that you were an American. And I'm trying to understand his, where he's coming from. I don't know if he comes from uh, uh, where he wanted to suppress his Latinidad. Did you feel like your Latinidad was suppressed by saying... You're an American, you're an American, not necessarily identifying as a Mexican he, he, or Salvadorian. He, he always knew, he said, there's always a time and a place for all of that. He says, when mm. you're in, in a business setting, he says, you need to uh, assimilate. He said, you need to sound like they do and act like they do. He says, but when, when we're at home, when it's us, we could speak Spanish, we can do todos tradiciones, you know, mm. especially being, you know, half and half, you know, yeah. you know, half Mexican. I got a lot of my family's from Guadalajara, Jalisco. My mom was super proud. Of you know, she was the scariest person to ask where she's from because mm-hmm. you know I was like, hey, where are you from? <laughs> and I'm like, where did you get that gun from? And why are you shooting up at Denny's? Yeah. You know what I mean? And and but she was so proud. And yeah. and my dad being from El Salvador, um, it's a whole different culture. For the longest time, I didn't even know my dad was from El Salvador. You thought he was Mexican. I thought he was Mexican until until my uncles and 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 there's he had a best friend named Chato, uh-huh. and Chato would come over, and then all of a sudden my dad, oh yeah, boss, Benny, Benny, and I'm he's looking at me, Benny, Benny, and I'm like, who the hell is Benny? Benny. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, and I I thought for the longest time I thought my name was Ralph Benny Figueroa, and I, so you know the little pictures yeah, yeah, and they had yeah. the little box I would put Ralph B Figueroa, and my dad's like, what is B? I go, you always keep saying whenever your homies are here, you call me Benny Benny. He's like, no, I'm telling you to come here, pendejo. <laughs> so so I you know, it, it, but it was it was such a, a great you know uh, understanding that that we have these beautiful cultures that I'm a part of, and I'm very proud as yeah. as a half Mexican and a half Salvadoreño. And then I joined the military and I became Puerto Rican somehow. I don't know how that oh, happened. Wow. Every, you know, when the, the first, uh, one of the first sergeants I ever met, he's, he had the same last name. And as soon as, you know, you meet somebody with the same last name, you're like, you ah, know, hey, Latino. somos primos, exactly. somos, somos, somos carnales or whatever. And so the guy, he goes, he goes, oh, yeah, fíjate, como tamo, papi. And I'm like, what? Like, that's your first, like, culture shock to and, another Latin Yeah, because no, I'm like, he looks like me. He has my same last name. Like, we, we have all these. But his voice is different. He's, oye, que parte de Puerto Rico eres? And I'm yeah. like, I oh, have no idea trena. what you just said, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, as a 17-year-old, I'm like, what is going on here? And he's like, oh, yeah, de donde tu mami? And I'm like, you're singing now to me, too, man? And I'm like, uh, my mom's from Mexico. He's like, oh, that's cool, papi. Tu papa, donde está tu papa? Where you papa from? And I'm like, oh, he's from El Salvador. Oh, mijo, you one of us, man. Half Mexican, half Salvadorian. You Puerto Rican, papi. <laughs> and, 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 and that was just like, this is awesome. So, so I, as, as I got to, to join you know, in the military, I experienced the, the, the Puerto Rican culture too. And those were my homies. We'd go salsa dancing. They, awesome. they take me to the club. So, and it was, it was beautiful the, the way the Latino community, especially in the military, how how they take care of each other you're you're a brotherhood even though you come from different cultures and and different countries once you're latino american over there you're all together you're all yeah. together and then even even the the black soldiers and the white soldiers and the asians 
every one of us we we never we the, all the color lines get blurred because you're, you're yeah. wearing the same uniform we're we're we have the same objective the same values yeah. so all of those you know so so equality and equity and inclusivity is, is it's been in the military forever yeah you know it may not have always been equal Rep- yeah exactly to, this, to a certain extent but as as when i was there in my experiences and and the units that i was a part of it was a beautiful thing to see and so it made me proud to not only be um uh a Latino, but also to be a Latino American, you know, yeah. as, as a as a Chicano, as as a Salvadoreño, yeah. um, and, and and so I, I just embraced all of that. I definitely I definitely understand the notion that where your dad said like you need to assimilate where you're, depending on every situation. I'm having a hard time kind of also like my Latinidad or my Mexican side is like, no, I bring Mexico wherever I go if it's in mm-hmm. a meeting with white people. But I also understand that the times have changed. In yeah. 1994, it was he was coming probably from a, a, an era where if you spoke Spanish, you were beaten. If you, you know, you were looked at differently. But my dad was, he came to this country in the 70s and it was even oh worse gosh, back yes. then. So you, you, exactly. you spoke Spanish and you'd get a ticket. The Cesar Chavez movement, there yep. you go. So, so that makes more so, sense. So he, he told me one time, and, and so he's, my, my dad used to work at a, at, at a body shop. He's always been a body man working on cars. And so he, uh, he, I remember, I'll never forget his boss, Glenn. And Glenn mm. was this big, tall, white dude who could eat chile like there was like he he ate chile like it was more mexican than all of us like yeah. he ate the hot stuff and so and so my dad's like watch look at this he's like hey glenn how are you and i'm like looking at my dad like who where did that voice come from uh. and then glenn comes over hey rafa how are you sir and you know how's your life you know how's, how's the wife been and he's like oh everybody's fantastic i go you said fantastic you've never said that at home <laughs> and he goes and then as soon as he walks away he blinks at me he goes see that's what it, that's what it sounds like he yeah goes, he goes you see how how we connected he goes he goes. He didn't look at me as as a Salvadoreño or as a Latino. He looked at me as 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 an equal at that point, and and mm. he put that into my head. To he's a sound. Yeah. He's a, there's a time and a place when I get angry. Oh, I, that's where the, the the Mexicano comes out of yeah. me and the Salvadoreño comes out of me. But he's like when you when you're speaking when you're especially when you get in academic settings. Yes. I know you want to go to college. I know you want to do some big things. He says you need to sound like you belong here, son. And and I I've always taken that to heart. But yes. when I'm around my dad now 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 I can speak Spanish to him. And, and back then it was he he would only let me speak English to him. It makes sense though now that you mentioned that he came to the states uh, in the 70s. So in 1994 you decide to join the army. Mm-hmm. 2001 it's we know what happened here in this yes. country. How was that? Can you share your experiences of being deployed during 9-11 and how it affected you as a service member so, and a person? So that was um, a, a, an event that changed a lot of people's lives. Yeah. So um, after the tragedy of 9-11, um, and I was, I was in a National Guard unit by that point. So th- there was this, in- I remember watching as I was getting ready for work, I was, uh, you know. I was Did going- you know you were going to get deployed? I, I didn't. I thought I was, but I, I just didn't know. It was a matter of when, because I was. I, my contract was still up until two thousand six. Wow. So I was just, and I had just re-upped in two thousand. So I'm. Did thinking, you regret? No, not not mm. even not one single bit. Because that the moment I saw that happen on on TV, I looked. At, I ran to to my closet. And I had my duffel bag full of stuff, and I was, I pulled it out. I called my unit. I was like, "Do we need a report?" And they're Dang. like, "Hey, stand by." And, and, and it wasn't just me. There was a bunch of us. All the guys from my National Guard unit, we were ready to go in a, in a moment's notice. So uh, it wasn't until 2003 that mm. we finally get the call. You know, because when, when all that happened, it takes time for movement. And for yeah. and you know, so that's what, so the first one was Operation <laughs> And under that deployment, that's how we got called up. And, and so it was different, you know, because now going back to, 
um, the, the transition, right? Because now I'm, I'm working a job and now I get pulled away, I'm pulled away from my friends and family. And, and it, it was scary because a lot of stuff we couldn't, we couldn't discuss. And, um, I came home after, after a little over a year and, mm. and I was just like, okay, that's it. I'm, I, I need to decompress. Where were to, you stationed? I, I was, I was stationed, uh, originally I was stationed up North in, at an air force unit. And with that Air Force unit. So in the United States. I was in the United States at first. Ah. So, and then little by little, we started doing some traveling and stuff like that. And then um, on the second deployment is when I went to Afghanistan, or not, not to, uh, um, to, and from opened up other avenues to travel as well. So um, basically as like, the way I explain it is, is as like an air marshal to a certain extent, right? So okay. uh, tr taking equipment supplies, and then it was like, oh, there's people there. So, so it, you know, I got to see both sides of it, you know, the, the, the during and then what happens after. And so it was another eye-opening experience. You know, you, it's a country that I, I was interested in. You know, I was like, oh, it's But mm. it's, it's our own version of yeah. And so being there um, isolated uh, from friends and family, I mean, making phone calls and staying in touch was expensive. Yeah. Um, but we had such a great um, group of guys that we support each other. We, we encourage each other that we, we may do, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's, that's why I have this love and affinity for the service members because of how that brotherhood and sisterhood and how tight we are. Yeah. And so granted, it wasn't necessarily the, the greatest experience, but we all came home safely at the mm -hmm. end of the day. And, and that's all that mattered. How did you face your parents? And obviously you started, join, you joined the army at 17. The Gulf War had just uh, happened mm -hmm. a couple years prior, but then the 2001 war was about to commence. Yeah. Like, was that a conversation that you're with your parents? I, I had a talk with them. I sat down and I said, Hey, you know, this, this, this is what I signed up for. And, mm -hmm. and I said, you know, I, I want you guys to know, and I just gave them any reassurance to, to make sure that they understood that I was going to do whatever I could do to, to bring myself home. Yeah. And, and my dad and my mom both trusted me enough to say, Hey, you, you, you're, you're grown. You've made a lot of decisions. You're independent. And, and at the end of the day, my mom said, Mijo, yo, yo, yo tengo todo en confianza en, en ti. And she said, yo, yo nomás voy a orar por ti. Mm -hmm. Porque yo sé que tú me vas a regresar. And I was like, that's, that's all I needed to hear yeah. from her. Prayers. And, and, you know, as spirituality and faith, especially amongst the Latino culture is, is strong, you know? And, and so that was one of those things that made me fight even stronger to make sure that I was always aware of where I was, yeah. when I was. Um, and so I, every time I came home off those two deployments, my, yeah. there, there they were greeting me at the airport, yeah. waiting with open arms. And, um, and it was, it was, it was hard, you know, because it's like, you know, I missed them so much and I couldn't tell them where I was at. I couldn't because of, you know, the classified yeah. information that was happening and, and plus for, for security. Right. Yeah. But as soon as they knew that I, I, I would always send them letters or a little postcard just to say, Hey, I'm, I'm a, Damo. that's it. I would just say, I love you mm. or, or to my dad. You know, say say hi to Glenn for me, or you know, and you know, ha have some chilies. And my, and my dad hates chilies, by the way. He's, he's not <laughs> But um, so they they always knew that uh, that I was always there, and and I knew that their prayers and and their their well wishes were always with me. So yeah, wow. I have uh, we have a cousin, me and my brother, who's our producer, videographer, everything for us. Who uh, was in the Marines? Got deployed, I believe, two thousand two. He obviously saw firsthand what war was like. Were you in an, ever in any danger? Always, mm. always. Can it's, you elaborate a little bit more um, on that? It, there's things that I'd rather not talk about because okay. of 
Um, there's certain things, there's certain memories that I just, they're just better left kind of in the dark now. Um, but there's always a sense of, of something that could happen. Um, you know, we, we always were mindful of where we were. And so, um, that's why like a lot of the times where, where the, when things got tough and, um, you, you wouldn't believe, especially like, like, like a, how hard it was to, to separate yourself from what's going on. And, and, and even though people think it's like, Oh, it's not that, that big of a deal. And it's, yeah. it's like, no, you don't understand until you're there until you see, until you feel, especially, um, if, if you have any, any form of empathy for people, yeah. you, 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 you feel this, this guilt over what other people are going through. And, and it also, in, in a, in a weird way, opened my eyes to the world and how, man, we're like in the United States, we're in a bubble. Yeah. We're, we're kind of surrounded and we're comfortable and we're allowed to speak our, our opinions and you go to these other countries and nope, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. You can't say nothing. So you talk about, uh, like, you know, to a certain extent, we are free to say whatever we want, do whatever we want, and freedom. There's been a lot of conversations, especially within my friend group, that, like, obviously we see the value that the Army, we mm -hmm. see the value that the military brings to, to the United States, but we also see how much funding is going into it that we also say, like, but we need a lot of that funding here. What would you say to those people that had, have those conversations? Like, do we really have that much freedom when we have so many people being murdered on a daily basis? You know, when kids don't even feel safe to go to school. It's like, what freedom are we fighting for? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always one of those uh, existential questions yeah. that people ask themselves of how, you know, try, trying to justify, yeah. you know, because especially in, in the wake of what happened with George Floyd, right, and, you know, the defunding of the police, and, but then who's going to control the streets and making sure that, that crime does, you know, especially in this day and age here, here in L.A. County and, and San Bernardino County, the, the crime rate, especially since, since the pandemic, has increased you know, uh, just recently, I was just reading an article about uh, uh, in Compton, like yesterday, day before yesterday, a bunch of people, street racers, stormed an AMPM and, and literally stole all the food. And, wow. you know, so so it's like, where where do we draw the line of mm. where, you know, to, to not go into martial law, right? Because yeah. it, because it, it, it's literally, we're, we're so close to being chaos. And, and I understand, like, there's, you know, especially with the 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 NARA about you know the whole you know you know weapons and it's one thing to have a weapon; it's another thing to have uh, you know a high caliber rifle. Yeah. And and so you know there has to be a limit. I mean, and and granted, the military is always going to have money because we and and see that's the thing. Once again, we're not thinking outside the bubble. We're not thinking about what's happening in, in Russia. What's yeah. you know, and we have troops in Poland. I was going to say because one thing that I just recently found out because every time we hear in the news, oh, Biden sent 11 million dollars to uh to Ukraine and everybody on Twitter is like, does Ukraine really need the money? But that's actually for the military men and women that are out there correct. serving, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, cool. I was like, I got yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> so it doesn't directly go to these countries. And so that, that's kind of a misconception. A lot of it is is a lot of misinformation mm -hmm. because uh, maybe a, a news media reports it that way and all of a sudden it gets on social media and you know, you all know how social media oh, works. We and do. There, there's, no way to, there's no way to fact check a lot of stuff. Yeah. Too. So there's a lot of misinformation going out there. What this money is going towards, and, and sure, some of it is going for relief aid for food because 
there's people that are starving. There's yeah. people that are that are literally displaced. affected. <laughs> yeah, and and so yeah, some of that money is going to go, but you know, it's going to the forces first to the military, and they're distributing you know the supplies and and whatnot. So it's not necessarily just for them. It's also to take care of our troops that are out there. Mm. And so um, you know, I, I like that that you know, as a, as a society here in the United States, we we honor our 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 service members. Um, you know foreign and domestic because we, we have troops stationed all over the world and so people don't really think about that and if you if you start to talk to veterans and you, and you start asking them you know where, where have you been stationed you hear oh i was in korea or yeah. i i was in germany or i was in you know some of the air force guys got it easy they get yeah. the good ones you know the <laughs> army we're not so much you know we get all the and, and the marines we, we get the crappy ones but yeah you know the navy yeah they just they, they just get to drive around on boats and and yeah. and so <laughs> we were just talking about how like you know the, the marines have semper fi you know they, they all have like these these latin things and Somebody was asking, what's the Navy? And I was just like, I think it's called Ubris Gratis. And they're like, is it really? What does it stand for? I go, thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, you jerk. So now all the, the, all the Navy guys, I always, I always bust their chops with that yeah. one. But, um, you know, so, so, so we're, we're all out there. And, you know, there's Italy. There's, yeah. I mean, tons of places. So you were talking about there are some things that you'd rather leave in the past yeah. and, and memories. But what advice do you have for other service members who may be struggling with emotional aftermath after their deployment, especially after 9-11? My cousin, for example, came yeah. back with PTSD and didn't get any type of help until just recently because he also like started realizing he has back injury and whatnot, right. but caused you know years later yeah. because of his service. So so these are called um, what they're called service connections, mm -hmm. right? And um, there's different levels, you know, there's physical, there's emotional, and there's mental. And so um, here, here at the Veteran Success Center at Cal State San Marino, we do such a great job of, of bringing all those student veterans in and having conversations, opening up. The, it's not about forcing them to talk about right. it. But here's the thing. The reality is, it's just like, just like anything else, whether it's homelessness or, or, or anything else that, that's kind of where you have some kind of insecurity, right, is you have to ask for the help first. Yeah. And that's where the first step lies. And so when you get the right qualified people to open up the lines of communication, this is why I chose this rehabilitation counseling program because of the, the I know the impact that it's going to have on the military community itself, as, as well as right here directly in our, on our campus. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, part of it is, is th there's self-stigmatization too, right? A lot of veterans... You know, they're like, oh, it's a sign of weakness if I ask for help or or yeah, there's nothing wrong with me. There's that kind of denial. And and so at some point, you know, they're going to have to realize like they got to make a choice. It's like, do I ask for help or do mm. I just keep getting worse? And there and, and, you, and there's some that start to kind of go through this pattern of, of just digging their, their hole deeper and deeper. And then by the time they do ask for help, it's, it becomes a lot harder. So statistically, it's if the, the ones that ask for help right away are the ones that are overcoming PTSD and other uh, disabilities that that come way of the military, yeah. but they ask for the help. That's that's where the key starts, and that's why you know you know th there's nothing wrong with asking for help because we all need help in some way, shape, or form. Not not a single one of us. And PTSD isn't just for the military either. Exactly. It, it's it also you know people that that Trauma were like in Las childhood. Vegas. Remember when Las Vegas and yeah. that whole thing at that at that country concert? I have a, you know we have a, a a family friend that was there and and she was traumatized by that experience. You know very similar to what a veteran might go through. So what she did, she asked for help. And so yeah. that's kind of what we, we try to tell students. We, we're not, another thing is, is I, I, and this is me personally, it's me speaking as the veteran that's gone through these different experiences. I hate, I hate support groups. 
Mm. I hate the word support groups because it automatically puts this negative connotation thinking that I need help. So if if we start changing our verbiage and we start just like everything else, right? You know, society's changed and we're now we're using all these different letters to represent different things. Well, same thing with 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 when it comes to support groups, right? Support, I don't I don't I don't use that word. I don't like to use those words, I should say, because I, I don't want to sit in a room in a circle full of yeah. people and then and then we're just talking about stuff in the past. I want to talk about what's happening now and what I'm gonna work towards the future. Gotcha. And so so we're actually implementing a plan here to to have what we're gonna. I, I want to call it the Veterans Roundtable. Oh, I, I like I, it, right? Because it, it has it has coin no, it. It's and it's and it's to the point. It's 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 just it's a roundtable, and I want to sit around and and say, hey, what's going? I want I want to point out the positive aspects of how's your experience over at the College of Education or yeah. in the College of Engineering or or working for Coyote Radio or whatever. It's it's about it's about helping each other grow. Not to, I don't want to try to support somebody. I already got my own stuff to support, right? I got my own baggage. Yeah. You know, I got my own things that I'm dealing with. And, and to, to feel and to kind of go through that, that it's, it's like, a, like that little mouse going through that wheel, right? You're just going to keep going the same thing. Why dig up the past? Yeah. Let's, hey, it's already happened. Did we learn? If, if you didn't learn from it, then you, you find a way to, to learn from it, but you move on. And so having these these um, these roundtables is going to be an opportunity for the student veterans here yeah. to to further decompress and then share their ideas because I want them to express themselves in, in a positive way to say, hey, you know what I worked on? I you know I'm working on my time management. I stopped using Instagram and I'm only limiting myself to 30 minutes a day. Good luck with that, guys. I know, right? Right? Or or or, or even one told me like I deleted my TikTok. <gasps> I was like, oh my god, you did what? <laughs> TikTok, no way, man! And so, but to each one of them, that was that was happiness for them because they figured, hey, I could do something productive with my life. So mm. we just had a, a, a time management workshop here. It was fantastic. We got and and it wasn't just veterans. It was it was just students, students, students from different countries. We had some international students, it, and it was awesome because we all related on the one commonality is school. So you have this light about you, this joy and this energy that is just positive activity all around yep. i'm assuming this is how you've always been in the military or in the army with your friends were you that lifeline for a lot of people i, or I have ha you ever i've i've been a lifeline I, and i'll continue to be a lifeline um because some somebody needs needs to take up that mantle yeah. you know what i mean it's like um i i grew up with some great mentors that were that way and they said you know this is just who you are own it yeah and so i've always gotten compliments like hey you're always smiling as a matter of fact um I got a, I got a candy gram. Oh. Yeah, I want you to read it. Read it. And this is this is this is me in a nutshell. Veteran Success Center of it. I'd like to give a shout out to Ralph Figueroa. They are an awesome student professional because he is willing to help others and has a huge smile every time he stops by. Thank you. That's me. Yeah. They come here and I just I, I embrace them with 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 the warm smile. How you doing? I just that's the conversation. How's it going today? And then Sometimes they'll tell me stuff. Sometimes they don't. So I, I leave them to be who they want to be. How is that, though, for you when you need to be heard? Um, you know what? I have a great support system. My, uh, my wife is, is she's, she's my rock. Mm -hmm. You know, I have someone that, that when I need to vent, it's, it's, it's like a, um, I, I once heard uh, someone say, it was like in a movie or a show, it says, a, a therapist who treats themselves has a fool for a patient. So, ah. so I, so even, even psychologists and therapists, they, they, they need to go and vent because there's, there's, when, when you reach that level of empathy and, and you, you start to absorb a lot of that. And so 
you know, my sister, my dad, um, rest in peace to my mom, even though she's, she's in heaven somewhere. I know that I can still have this conversation with her. Yeah. And, but it's, it's my wife, you know, Maricela is, is, she's my encouragement. She's my rock. She, everything. she's everything for me. And so whenever I'm having that tough day, I know I could sit down with her. We can jump in the jacuzzi, have a glass of wine and we, we decompress. Yeah. So, and that's, that's, that's everybody needs to have that one person that you can always go back to a best friend, a, a family member, yeah. a colleague. I mean, it could be anybody, but you, you need to be able to, to let things go because you start bottling it in. And I did that for a long time. I bottled, you know, because I, I, I would take in everybody's problems, but then I'm like, what do I got to do? You know, like my vessel's full. How, how, how do I unleash? And, and, you know, I used to have, you know, it was, I used to get angry a lot. I used yeah. to get annoyed. And now I'm the complete opposite. Did you decompress in the army via comedy? Yes. I was going to say, like, when, yes. did somebody ever come up to you, like, after your presentation and were like, whoa, bro, you were speaking truth of what oh, yeah. I was feeling, but you just made me forget about it. So, so the beautiful thing about after I, I got into, into stand up comedy in 2010, and it was literally on a whim of, of it was, a friend of a friend of another friend oh, who introduced no, pues, me to a fulanito, fulanito, yeah, fulanita. right. And so, I and the first place I ever did was it was called Maggie's Pub in Santa Fe Springs. It's some little bar, and it's not a little bar, but they got this back area. And I just went up there, told some stupid stories and jokes. I think I did like seven minutes the first time I went up, and and then afterwards, I was just like, I was like, wow, this is. Like the energy was, it, yeah. it was, it, it was like, you know, and you like, you know, it's like that when, when, when you're on the radio or you, you're doing like you, oh, by the way, you did such a great job at the, at the Tamal uh, oh, Awards. Really? <laughs> you did, you did amazing, bro. Thank you. I, I was improvising. I, I, I heard that voice and I was like, oh, this guy does radio for sure. I was like, I just, he's like, gracias a venir. And I was like, oh, like, like oh, dude, you tell me. I was improvising because I was sure as hell like, okay, what am I going to do? And they were like, just wing it. You got this. And I was like, I'm not used to winging it. Let's go. Yeah. And then no, I'm used like, to winging it, but it's harder now yeah. that I have structure. Yeah. It's like harder to wing it because you haven't practiced that yeah. craft in a while. I'm sure if like, hey, if, if somebody comes up to you and says like, hey, tell me a joke. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. It's not the right time. Yeah. Or, it's like, hey, we're in the men's restroom right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, you know, and the, the thing about stand up, though, it's like it gave me that flexibility to to learn how to to really wing it. And, and, mm -hmm. and I, I kind of did this whole off the cuff type of deal once again going back to some of the influences with jeff garcia was one of the best comedians at doing crowd work that i've ever seen mm. um you know uh, the the other one that i really loved listening to and he was the host was so you you've heard of gabriel fluffy iglesias oh, right I, I love him so martin so, yeah gabriel's another amazing human being oh my gosh i saw him here at cal state san Bernardino. my mom fell in love with oh my god i love chocolate yeah like that little just yeah and you know, his, or, or his or his his Siri voice or or and, the you know yeah. he he's so talented. But Martin Martin was one of my favorite comics to listen to because of how the 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 way he would interact with the crowd and he just he just like embraced them. And I and and I always thought to myself like, hey, I want to be that guy. I want to be yeah. that style. And so when I started doing stand up, it was it was. Um, you know, as I, I produce my own shows, so wow. instead of just going asking guys like, "Hey, can I be on your show?" I'm like, "Hey, I'd rather do my own show, mm -hmm. and I'll ask you to be on my show." And so I I wound up just you know starting off at at the Ice House in Pasadena, 
um, which if you ever go visit, you'll find my picture up on the wall of fame. That's awesome. And, um, you know, that was one of the biggest honors to, you know, for, for Bob Fisher, the owner, uh, he, he just sold it to the, the bus family who owns the Lakers. Oh, um, on. so, <laughs> so, so, so Bob Fisher was the one who presented me with, with my, my wall of fame pick. And, and so a lot of my style came from, you know, just being able to interact with, with crowds. And the biggest thing that, and one of the things I was so proud of is always, um, giving out the tickets to first responders and and the military and yeah. in you know and when, when i say first responders i'm talking about emts i'm talking about firefighters i'm talking about uh, uh police you know all our policemen you know i know they get a lot of a lot of heat for yeah. for what's going on but they're not all like that you know no. yeah it, it, you can't one apple can't spoil the bunch and once again i i you know the the guys that would come you know they they were having such a great time and at the end of each show when it came to the military i would ask each one of them to stand up and i would let them know it's like hey these people I, you know, I gave them tickets wow. through vettix.org. I said, every single one of these guys have served their country. I want you to give them a round of applause. And at the end of the, the wow. at the end of the show, they would all come up to me like, hey, man, I need, can I take a picture with you? And, <laughs> and, and so, oh, I became the selfie master. Yeah. I'm so good at selfies right now. Oh, dude. I learned, that's something I learned from Joe Coy, by the way. He's, that's, uh -huh. he, that guy's a selfie king. This guy, pop, pop, pop. So they would come out. And, and so we would, we'd have these little conversations and, and, you know, it, it, it wasn't necessarily like we had to thank each other for a service, which which we do appreciate when people do say, hey, thank you for your service. Memorial Day is not one of those. Uh -huh. That's when you do on Veterans Day. Exactly. Memorial Day, is, it's a whole different thing. That's where you give thanks for everybody that gave up, that paid the ultimate price. Um, so remembering. But when when a veteran gets thanked for their service, there, there's I, I, I'm grateful for that, that, mm -hmm. that somebody from our nation, from our country acknowledges, you know, that, hey, we, we've gone through stuff. And they may not know me or they may not know the next veteran. But if you take that one quick second just to thank a veteran, you, you don't understand how big that goes in, in, their, in the scheme of things in their mm -hmm. day. And so these, these veterans would come out to me at the end of the show and, and would be so grateful. Like, and, they, and one of the biggest things is like, hey, man, you don't have no idea all the stuff I was going on through. You know, I said, but for an hour and a half, I don't remember any of that. That's awesome. I, you took me away from, from you know, I, you know I, I didn't make my house payment or my kid started acting up in school or my car broke down. They, all that stuff went out the window and they said, hey, I was me for an hour and a half and I just want to maintain that. That's and that, and that was to me the best, the best compliment they could give me. Yeah, no. Well, thank you for bringing laughter and joy just because we need definitely more of that. I yeah. feel like the arts is something that we're hanging on by a thread and we're losing and it's so beneficial just... For, for for a lot of things, but you pursued a non-traditional student way. You started mm -hmm. you started Cal Poly Pomona in 2019. You had already served. You yeah. married already. And well, actually, let, let's go back. I started I started in Cal Poly Pomona in 1997. Oh, so enough. so 1997 through 19 or to to 2000 somewhere around there. Um, you know, I, I was in the National Guard at that point, and and I was going to become a teacher, but I took a break. And I was like, you know, I was getting burned out from school. And, you know, you, you yeah, graduated yeah, from Cal State San Bernardino. You know how, how, how tough it is. And, and at that age, I, was, I had a lot going on. So I, I just wanted to take a quick break. And then. So you did your first two years. So I did my first two years. And then that's when 9 11 happened. Mm. So, so that changed my trajectory of my, my whole life. And I thought to, for, for a while, I was like, I'm not going to go back to school. I was working, I was managing a, a, a very successful body shop back in those days. And um, I never thought I was going to need an education. But once the pandemic hit and, it showed us, you know, we need to have something to fall back on. And I, and I immediately, you know, decided, hey, I'm going to go back and finish my degree. I was like, it was something I, I knew my mom always wanted me yeah. to do. I knew it was, I, something that I want to show to my dad as, 
as the American that he wanted me to be <laughs> and 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 the the whole reason why I joined the military. So I during the, the height of the pandemic in August of 2020, I went to school and um I and I was loading up. I I 15 units Dang. per per semester. Uh, so I did four semesters, all four of them, and I'm proud I got straight A's. Um, wound up graduating with honors uh, last uh, May. And so um, how was that, though, like attending college during the pandemic as a non-traditional student? It, it, was, it, was, it was okay. Uh, at first, I think I would have been had a harder time had I been in person, mm. you know, because I, I always, you know, I'm, I'm in my early 40s at that point. I'm like 43 at that point. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to be the old guy in school. I don't want to be, you know what yeah. I mean? Because you, you are the non-traditional. And, and, and for the most part, most student veterans are non-traditional anyways. They're always going to be in their mid-20s. And yeah. so, you know, a lot of them have mortgages and kids and other responsibilities. And, and at first I was like, oh, man, I don't, how am I going to feel? like? And, and the other thing I was doubting myself was like, uh -huh. academically, can I still, can I write at that level? And then I heard some of these kids talk, and I'm like, oh, you guys are, <laughs> yeah, you, you guys made me feel really good right now. They were, like, like, doing TikTok dances. Yeah, while. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the, you know what? Yeah, you we keep good. doing that. You, and, so, and so I just kind of dug into my classes. And, and, and owning my own company even before all that, understanding how, how technology works. Mm -hmm. So Zoom was easy. Yeah. Um, it, it, it took, a, you know, a few weeks. But, uh, you know, uh, one thing is, like, you know, you, you, you just... Military people are so adaptable to anything. I was going to say. And that was, that's one of the, the skill sets that we carry into and make us great students because we learn how to adapt very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I adapted and, and I was able to, to go through those, those last two academic years, you know, 15 units each so I can graduate on time and all of them straight A's. How was that transition uh, or did, were there any resources that utilized you to help you navigate the process of transitioning from military or army to schooling back in 2019 so so going back to to the first time i went to, to college there there were no veteran centers there mm. were no veteran resource centers cal poly pomona has an excellent veteran resource center um now it, not then. now back then <laughs> th this actually just started in 2012 i believe uh -huh. um so so elky is is the director and um Sam Kim, he's he's the certifying official, and he's an army vet. So he and I hit it right off, and so I wound up applying for a job there, and I wound up becoming the uh, veteran resource advisor. Um, as as the older veteran, they kind of looked at me as like, "Hey, you know a lot of these resources. You know about chapter 33, 31, 35, 36, 1606. See, like, I'm rattling these off these numbers into to, I'm like, to what to, do these mean? To, what do to these the normal mean? people, yeah, they're like, are those lottery numbers? I uh. wish. Um, you no, know, th those are those are the different programs that the VA has, and and I just so happen to to, you know, get very assimilated to and acclimated to all of it, right? To understand what each benefit was, and so I got there, and um, and and thank God they have that veteran resource centers because we we had a place, a safe place for us to hang out and play games. All of the, these guys, Battleship at the Veteran Resource Center was <laughs> insane. It was, it was, dude, they had brackets and I'm like, whoa, you guys are taking this too. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, bro, it's, 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 it's just the little one. It's, it's only the two. It's only the two one, you know, it's like, it's relax, bro. But it was, it was so much fun. We, we did a lot of activities there. And, and then coming here to Cal State San Bernardino, um, the Veteran Success Center is absolutely amazing. And I'm not saying because I'm biased because I come here. And we're here. It's That's and, where we're and, recording. And we're, we're right here. Look at this. <laughs> uh, um, no, there, there's just something about Augustine, uh, our director right now. He's, he's, he's a Navy veteran. 
Um, he's 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 an alumni from Cal State San Bernardino. Jaime Espinosa, yeah. our certifying official. Um, you know, he's he's another product. He's he's homegrown. He's he's yeah. grew up here, got his master's degree here. Um, and and I started realizing this is such a great community. It is, and the space <laughs> is is like we're we're in the quiet room right now. I know we're making a lot of noise, but yeah. you know, there's hammocks and there's right now we're in these beanbag chairs. I know, I saw them and I was like, this is perfect. We're recording here. I, I, there's been times where where a student will come up to me like, hey Ralph, can you do me a favor? Can you wake me up in an hour? I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, I'll set like, a timer. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally like, I'm like hey, hey Siri, set a timer for one hour. I'm like, okay, Ralph. And I'm like, all right. And and these guys they knock out and and I come up and hey, dude, time for class. And yeah. and they appreciate it. sometimes that's all they need. And so this 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 became the I call it the bunker because we're we're underneath the old coyote bookstore. But we have a, a, a computer classroom over here, which we do some great workshops. We have a little kitchenette area, lounge, where there's some video games. We do meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the student veteran organization meets in there. That we have two campuses that are part of Cal State San Bernardino. There's here, San Bernardino, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the Palm Desert campus. And so we have students that are a part of both. And so when they can't make it here for our meetings, guess what? We're going to stream it through Zoom. Yeah. So And we have all our student interns. Um, and it's just a great little space for us to come. And, and, and as a matter of fact, before you got here, or while you were setting up, I was actually helping a veteran to, to access her her benefits and 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 she she walked away so happy she's like oh my god I wish I would have been here sooner I'm like hey the point is you made it exactly and she goes oh you know I, I I'm gonna always come back here this this hey mi casa su casa I remember when the Veterans Success Center started a, a couple years ago I was still a student here mm-hmm. and at the time the director Marcy we were very involved with her. Uh, because every time like there was events, because we have one of our fraternity brothers uh, who joined the Marines later on in life, but he was always involved and we always try to help. So that's why it's very special to me to see how much it's grown, to see where it's taken so many veterans and the amount yeah. of veterans that have probably came through here seeking services, seeking camaraderie, seeking mm-hmm. to be heard and listened because society was not ready to reintegrate them. Yeah. Because I think that is one thing that a lot of people, you know, don't really understand. The PTSD, every sudden noise, every sudden movement, you know, always probably feeling something behind them. Fourth of July. It's a tough holiday oh for my veterans. Oh, yeah, fireworks. Right? They hear the fireworks. Even and, though it's something very American. And, and they know they know exactly what it is, but... Those are those are become the, triggers. Those are triggers, right? And so, you know, um, it, it's good that we have these these facilities and and how they're they're designed to welcome, especially the, yeah. the student veterans. And it's and and like I said, this this center isn't just for the veterans. It's also for the we have tons of spouses. We have tons of dependents because even though they didn't serve. Guess guess who stayed home and took care of all the bills yeah. and all that. So us, us, us as service members, we appreciate our family because they they kept things going. And so and and, and there was a lot of disconnect. I know a couple of my my buddies uh, they they became estranged to their kids because mm-hmm. they felt you know uh, the kids ah, I felt abandoned. It wasn't that they were trying to abandon them. It's just like that's that's what happens when deployments go mm-hmm. on. And so you know this is our way of saying hey you know let's let's be inclusive of everybody. And and then we also have a lot of students that have no affiliation, like no family members, yeah. but their best friend is in the Marines or their best friend is in the Air Force. And they said, you know, hey, I just want to learn about their culture. So that way, when they come home to visit, I have something to talk to them about. Like, hey, I know what you're, 
I, I know what I know what Uber's gratis is, yeah. you know. <laughs> so shout out to all the Navy for that one. Yeah. So what advice do you have for other veterans who are considering pursuing higher education during these uncertain times? And probably they think like you, what am I going to do with a bunch of high schoolers? Basically, I'm already yeah. old, but they want to pursue higher education. Do it. They, they Just do it. You know, there's. You have to keep your you have to keep yourself in that mindset of this is for you, this is for your family. Don't worry about what's whatever everybody else. And that's kind of where I, I learned that right off the bat is just like I can't worry about what other people think because if if we live our life trying to please everybody, we're never gonna be happy, right? So I just kind of like, hey, am I happy? Is my family happy? Is my family taken care of? Am I still supporting? And that's all that matters. And for all these veterans that have these self doubts, don't. Don't, you know, we've, we've overcome so much through training, through like physically, man, my knees are jacked up. Like if, if I was like, if I were to evaluate myself and give myself a Carfax, I'm all jacked up, bro. I got a salvage title. My shock absorbers aren't working. You know, the, the mufflers always backfiring, you know, but no matter what, I still decided to say, Hey, you know, this is, this is something for my own benefit because, you know, put yourselves, you know, and I tell veterans, put yourselves in that mindset of you're going to create change. Don't, don't. There's like, I go, I've, I've, I was one of the ones that used to bitch and moan about the VA system. Ah, oh, the healthcare. You know what that's like, bro? That's like throwing a, a little rock at a brick wall. What are you mm, going to do? You're going to maybe nothing. put some little chips, but nothing. And I said, you know what? I don't want to be about it or, or just say something about it. I want to be about it mm. and I want to make that change. So instead of saying, hey, I want to do it from the outside, I'm going to do it from the inside. It's so metal. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> hey, para eso me, me metí el alarme, you know what I'm saying? To get my education so I can make that change. And sometimes we just have to take our own self-initiative, just like with the student veteran organization. It, it, it disappeared from 2018 to up until when I recharted it back in uh, last semester. Wow. It was for four years. It was been gone, but somebody had to do it. And yeah. I was like, and, and you should have seen that. I was talking with Jaime one day. I was like, hey, what is all this SVO? He's like, oh, that's the student veteran organization. And I was like, why do we have so many shirts? And this is like, well, you know, yeah. he kind of gave me this, the short story. And I was like, what do we need to charter? He's like, you need what, five, members. five members. And I was like, I'll be right back. I walked out of the room. I went to our little, we call it the command center where the student uh, uh, assistants are. And I was like, all right, we're going to start a club, guys. All right, I need a president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, and two members. Who's in? And the, the, there was four of us in there total. And they're like, I'll do it. They all... And I ran out to the room into the, the lounge area and I said, anybody else want to join the student veteran organization club? And I'm like, I'm so excited. Yeah. And then there was this, this, this other student. He's like, I'll do it. So it's that excitement, I swear that attracts people. Yeah. And I walked back into, I walked back into Jaime's office and I'm like, all right, I got five. Now what? He's just like, I didn't think you were going to do it right now. I was like, I, I don't got time. to. I have to I'm, I'm, I'm in like my 40s, bro. I, I got to do things right now. Okay. I don't know how much more life I got left. I want to make the rest of this count. Exactly. Exactly. I'm the exact same way. It's sort of like, si voy a hacer algo, lo voy a hacer ya. Lo voy a hacer mañana, it's already too late for me. Yeah. I've already moved on. <laughs> yep. I know. I'm already thinking about some other project that I'm probably going to forget about too. But. Exactly. <laughs> what message uh, would you like to share with the next generation of Americans about the sacrifices and bravery of our service members and the importance of honoring and remembering their legacy. Because yeah. I feel like that is a value or something that we have lost and even my generation has like lost. Yeah. Um, show appreciation for those that came before us, the ones that that laid the groundwork for, the, that's how our country was, was founded in the first place, right? And so the first, all, all of like the legislation that passed for, for Americans with Disability Act, where did it all start with it all? If you if you rewind, 
history and you go back to where it all started, it all started with our with our military veterans. Yeah. And so, you know, show show some gratitude for these people that made a sacrifice. And then uh, come Memorial Day, those that paid the ultimate sacrifice. You know, we you know, especially when when Pearl Harbor and if anybody's mm. ever been to Hawaii and you see what happened there and how how the the tragedy of that event happened and you know it, it was just a bunch of sailors that were just it was a, a regular december day and next you know they're still there at the at the bottom of of this you know this this water and um you know memorial day is such such a uh, such a poignant moment for us to remember and 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 memorialize all these it, it, you know go to a cemetery and just show some respect you know, um, even though you're not military, just go out there and show, give a salute or just say, you know, quietly say thank you for your service for the ultimate price that you paid. Yeah. Because this is this is the foundation of, of our nation. Right. W- without the Air Force, without the Navy, the Coast Guard, which every time I see a Coast Guard, I make a wish because they're very rare. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I go, well, aren't you guys supposed to be at a pool or something? Um, the Marines, the Army, all, all, all of these branches now Space Force. Where you know yeah. every single one of these these individuals have 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 sacrificed, and I can't even tell you how many times I've missed birthdays and holidays. Um, you know, e- even as a stand-up comedian, when um, there there was a military tour, and and I got I I was so blessed to be able to join the GIs of comedy, mm-hmm. which were all veterans, and all of us were, do- were doing stand-up. To I, and I've gone to so many countries, but I remember in particular the time we went to. Um, and it was during Thanksgiving, yeah. and and I know I told my family like, hey, you know, I I I would rather be here with you guys, but you know, this me. this is this is this is where I was for many many years. I was by myself, and I want to be able to pay it forward. And honestly, one of the best turkeys I've ever had was, oh wow, <laughs> second second to 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 my mom. My mom's turkey was still, and you can, and I'm not biased because that's my mom, yeah. but holy cow, her, and that was the closest second. And then and then I we went to for Christmas. And, you know, we saw those troops and they were cold. And, and, and for one, I was just like, I'm not, I don't know how often I'm going to get to see. Uh-huh. But to be there and, and I, I'll never forget those, those moments of I remember the first show we did. So, so we were doing two shows and it was this huge hall. Right. And this big old stage. And right before us, there was a um, the little community was doing xylophones, which they yeah. were awesome. They were playing like like Bruno Mars and stuff like that, but on xylophones. <laughs> so so we go up there, we do our, our tour, you know, we do our, our, our comedy routine and then everybody leaves and we're waiting for the second group to show up. So I'm, I'm in the, 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 the adjacent room right before it and I'm kind of in the back and I'm just, you know, decompressing from the first show. I'm like getting myself into the new one and I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, oh, you know, I like this show. OK, this one. Do. And then all of a sudden. Uh, a bunch of the the soldiers start walking in. They're like, "Hey, hey, are you the Mexican guy?" And I was just like, "Wow, that is really racist." But uh, I go considering that the other guy is, you know, one guy's white and the other guy's like he's uber white because he's actually from I from Ireland and stuff. Uh-huh. So I'm like, "Yeah, that makes me the Mexican." And they're like, "Dude, can we take a picture?" And I'm like. What are you guys talking about? They're like, man, everybody's at the bar next door telling your jokes, dude. And I was just like, and for me, I was so flattered. They're like, yeah, so you are you from California? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, hey, man, this is him. Everybody's like, hey, this is the guy. And so here I am with That's a group of awesome. 30, 30 soldiers out in, you know, taking pictures before. And they hadn't even heard my set yet, but at the bar they did. Uh-huh. They said, oh, wait till he does the Bernie Mac voice. And, and so. <laughs> oh, wait, now I want to hear the Bernie oh, Mac the, voice. The Bernie Mac story. The, it, well, it's, it's back to my drill sergeant where I, I tricked him into, I, I sold candy bars underneath his, 
underneath his nose the whole time. Oh, <laughs> very Latino of you. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm a businessman, bro. So, but but everybody kind of, it, it, and it's kind of like one of those things where you know we and I and I appreciate so much of those 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 uh, soldiers and the Marines and everybody that we encountered, uh, you know, all over the the, the world that. Because they're separated, they're away from their family. They're not like, hey, you know, come down and you know, we're gonna have a picnic today. They they sacrifice so much. So so just be grateful for all these people that have, you know, and everybody does it for different reasons, right? Some do it for for financial reasons. Some mm-hmm. do it to get out of jail. You know, some do it because this is their only means to make income because you know they're they they don't have a full education yet. But there's so many benefits to joining the military. So so think about it. You know, that's also something that you want to put into your head is and I'm great. I did it because it was the best investment I ever made yeah. for myself. For real. So this podcast, Echale Podcast, uh, obviously you know the word in Spanish, Echale. Echale, Echale ganas. ganas. But in English it translates to put in, putting in something. What do you want to put into this world? What is your paw print? My energy. Energy. I want positive energy, positive, positive enlightenment to to just be you, be grateful for who you are, be grateful for the people around you, be positive. You know, there's there's nothing worse to me than somebody that that's negative, right? Yeah. You know, the the when when you get that negativity, it, it drains you and and it drains people around you. You know, be positive about anything and anything you do, you do it 120 percent. None of this 100 percent. None of this. A ver qué pasa, right? Sí. A lot of my friends now, pues, and they even use the acronym the AQP. AQP. I'm like, no, uh, no, 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 no. I didn't even know that existed. So, so some, somebody, somebody got me out of that because I used to say that a lot. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh-huh. And like, and then finally somebody said, don't, don't do that. Tell them this is what it's going to be. And the moment you believe that, and this is what they, they told me. They said, you know how people say, oh, I put it out into the universe. Right, lo, lo puso en el universo. A ver uh-huh. qué pasa. Right, profess it. Yeah, I professed it. Well, this is how the universe works, people. The universe doesn't believe you until you believe it first. Mm-hmm. And when somebody told me that, they said, they said, this a ver qué pasa. This we'll see what happens mentality. That's not the universe isn't going to believe you. But the moment you have that positive energy to say, you know what? And and I and I started instead of I'm thinking about becoming a counselor. I'm I I want no. It became. I'm going to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. And the moment I changed my verbiage, the world opened up to me. Amen. So this is what it's about, positivity, because this is what's going to get you. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes the hardest part is, is letting go of, of, of the negative people, right? So it's, everybody's like, I know, but it's my best friend or it could be a family member or whatever. But sometimes you need to do that because we all brunt a, a weight of our own stuff, right? Our own baggage, our own mentality, our own you know, uh, stigmatisms about whatever, right? Yeah. But the moment, and here's, here's, you know, we always talk about math too. Everybody talks about math and universe, right? We we add, 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 but we also subtract too, mm. right? Subtract the negative, stick with the positive. And the, the moment you guys change your positive attitude, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you the world is going to, and the universe is going to start opening these doors and you become the key to your own success. Amen to that. Ralph, it's been a pleasure having you here on Echale Podcast. I would like you to share with everyone where can people find you if they want to get in contact with you. So if you want to find me, I'm on like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Comic Ralph. Toy. I'm even on far- on Farmers Only, bro. I mean, oh, hey, I don't even know ne- what that is. Hey, you it's, never know. Hey, Farmers Only. I was far- like, is that like? No, it's uh, no. I'm just kidding. It, 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 everywhere I, I've done social media, it's always Comic Ralph Twenty One, and so. 
um, you know, reach out. I, I, you know, I, I do interact with a lot of um, a lot of my fans, especially the ones you know from from stand up and and I and I and I'm sorry that I haven't done it in such a long time, but I, I kind of been busy getting myself you know educated in a master's. So again, I'm in a master's now, guys. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I'm doing events here on campus. And as a matter of fact, we're uh, I'm hosting the um, I'm going to follow in your footsteps. Oh, awesome. I'm going to I'm going to host uh, the the veteran graduation ceremony where we're going to be doing these. Oh. So, um, you know, I, I I I still do events. I still MC and host, and uh, but eventually, once once the the dust settles. Um, I'm going to go back to the, the improvs and back to the, the ice house in Pasadena and, and, you know, go out there, you know, support the Latino comedians too, man. They're, they got some great stories yeah. and, 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 and it's not about them being Latino comedians. They're just com- comedians that happen to be Latinos. There's a big difference, big difference, but go support. And, and so, yeah, man. Well, thank you so. so much, Ralph. I cannot wait to see you perform. Gracias. Check them out at the Veteran Success Center here at Cal State San Bernardino. Yes, Javis. No se te olvide suscribirte, like, share, download, share it. Just share it. Okay, bye. Whoa, 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 whoa. The video isn't done yet. You still haven't subscribed. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Echale Podcast.